Dragons, Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 46, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf from 1985, and Howling New Moon Rising from 1994, that would be Howling 7. This episode, we're, we're still on the five minutes at a time, and I think we're going to keep going the five minutes at a time until all of this ends. In this episode, we're covering minutes 66 through 70 of both of the films, and we left off... Where did we leave off? We left off Howling 2. We left off with, um, let's see, Stefan and Red Brown had met up in a church. And it uh, looks like they were going to torture Jenny or something like that. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that that was where we were there. And Howling, Howling, Howling the Moon Rising. Well, I'll tell you when we get there. So let me, I'm not playing, as I've said before, I'm not playing the five minutes here. So I'm just going to play you a little bit of... Um, something for the next five seconds or so and then I'll be on the other side talking about uh, minutes 66 through 70 of Howling 2 yeah Howling Howling 2 your sister is a werewolf two main things happen in these five minutes the um, Stefan and the gang are suiting up getting ready to go and attack the werewolves and the werewolves are having an orgy possibly there's a concert related possibly sir isaac newton is watching them and the uh yeah the um and then at the end of the five minutes the werewolves start their change in and branch out and sort of go after the um the guys who are approaching them through the woods and and no one there's no fighting or anything yet when the when the minute ends it's just the guys in a line christopher lee reb brown and like three other guys with assorted knives and a rifle and and holy water and this that and the other and um uh, the, we just see shots of the random werewolves, or we see sort of those weird, th- like shots of like almost like werewolf masks more than werewolf. They don't look articulate at all. They just look like they sort of look, especially on the high def. They sort of look a little too like smooth and latexy and and things like that. You you know that feel like Spookies has stuff like that. And I was gonna say um. Rock and Roll Nightmare has a lot of uh, 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 effects like that, especially like when Satan or whoever it is tacks in the end, that, that sort of um, feel that like the werewolf should be more organic, they should be more visceral, but they really do look like they look like big masks. And they do that thing again where you don't really see them transform. You see like a shot of someone's chest, like hairs coming out of it, and you see like a face, I think, real quick, like changing, but you don't actually see the transformation. I, I mean, I, I would think if they, if they had shown us a good transformation in the, earlier in the film... To me, this would be akin to like, you know, like the A team getting ready to fight someone for like the third time in an episode. You know what I mean? Like at the at the start of the first episode of an A team, or maybe say the first episode of the A team, you want to see them prep and you want to see them get ready and go. Then later, if they do it again, you want to you know establish that they did the same thing. But by the third time they do it, you know, all they need to is say "Let's go" and they grab whatever it is and you see the van pull away kind of thing we know exactly what they've done by this point so if they had shown a really big werewolf transformation in the beginning like a really elaborate howling american werewolf in london style one or even one from the last five minutes we discussed from like um uh uh howling the original nightmare of course howling the original nightmare wouldn't be made for four years um or was it yeah four years um but still um there's something about the um there's something about the fact that they're 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 like you know get out there and attack the you know Sturba stands up and says you know get out of the attack or turn change and attack or she says some line or other um actually it's funny when she stood up and said that line 
Um, and she, she, she's sitting there the whole time watching, and then she stands up and she delivers a line, possibly two lines, in full, like, um, sort of uh, erotic hockey regalia, looking like the um, sexy member of Immortal. And she stands up and she uh, she yells her lines. And I, I, at that moment, I thought, you know what? Were things different? And was it, were this a different time? I could see Scarlett Johansson standing up and saying that line. I could see her as Sturba. She would have been a great Sturba. The way she delivers the line is straight out of, like, you know, like Black Widow for me. You know, Black Widow, you know, the queen of the werewolves. You know, hey, there you go. But, um, but, but yeah, no, I'm sorry. That, that, that was just me. Um, the... Um, yeah, yeah, and so and and so the moment she yells that, you see these quick shots of transformation, and then all of a sudden, all the werewolves are out. And like I said, if there had been an earlier scene where we saw the people changing and the werewolves coming to life, and da 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 da, this, that, and the other, that would be we'd get it. We'd go, okay, we got it. They've changed. But here, they're almost relying on like the first film. You remember the first film when they changed? Here are some random shots to show you that we're we're changing into werewolves, but we're not going to show you a full werewolf transformation. Is that chintzy? You bet your ass that's chintzy, especially after the first one. You know, got so much attention for the werewolf stuff, and and then America Werewolf in London, right? You know, at the same time wins an Academy Award for its werewolf stuff. You're you're barely trying. In fact, that's kind of apart from howling the original nightmare and maybe moments of the marsupials. That's kind of the uh, as far as werewolves go in the werewolves movies from from th- two on. There is a feeling, you know, it's like they were so intent upon Gary Brandner's sort of world and cult of werewolves, which still hasn't really. I mean, it's still just a bunch of people in leather and fishnets fooling around in a castle and then occasionally turning into werewolves and going out and attacking people. You know, it's still, whatever it is, the whatever the big plan is, either got lost along the way or, or they haven't told us yet or something. I, I, I'm try, I'll i be honest, I honestly don't fully remember what happens from this point on in the movie. It's been, it's been a few years since I've watched it. And I tend to remember the earlier parts of this movie because I kind of, um, I think I've fallen asleep several times during this movie but that's okay it's still crazy it's still fun and i'm not i'm not denigrating the movie i'm just saying um it's uh it's interesting how i expected there to be this kind of creation of this world this cult of werewolves but they've just kind of said it's there and we've seen the werewolves which i guess it showed on tell works and i guess if we're going off of show don't tell that's fine. <laughs> that, that works just fine. But again, it just seems a little. It seems a little strange to me. You think you, you know, I mean, base. It's just. It, it looks less like a cult of werewolves than just like a bunch of people being werewolves together, kind of thing. Um, so then in this scene, yeah, we do get a long sort of orgy scene where they're all on the ground writhing around. I don't know what the guy standing on his hands is doing. He still has his pants on. I thought maybe if he had his pants off, they'd be taking something and ramming. Oh, um, I'm sorry. This isn't uh, cruising. Um, which is a fun movie. I'm not going to do a minute by minute of it, but maybe a William Friedkin double feature will do a French Connection and Cruising. Um, I forgot what was I talking about. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So they have an orgy, and there's you know I'm a big fan of, of fishnets. So whenever you see I see a lovely lady in fishnets, I, I will look a second time. But this is just kind of a lot a lot of writhing around. Um, you know, uh, there's an implication that you know sexier stuff is happening, but um, it's just kind of implication and sort of in the background the sexier the stuff seems to be the more it seems to be in the background we just there is a nice overhead shot of everyone with Sturba sort of up at the top of the screen and everyone kind of writhing around which is fun I guess maybe that's orgies really just kind of writhing around I thought there'd be more nudity involved I think I saw like one boob and I don't mean that one annoying guy with a thick accent who keeps turning into the werewolf I mean I mean an actual boob like a boob 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 
Um, yeah, and 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 the weird thing about the scene, first off, of course, it isn't sexy. It's it's Sybil Danning watching it is is actually sexier than the what's actually happening. The the thing that makes it um, really weird is first when it cuts to the shot of like clearly what seems to be Sir Isaac Newton in his long powdered wig talking to a friend at a table, and then we uh, we establish that those tables are on the outside of the orgy. It's almost like a the orgy is almost like a dance floor. Like you know, you like for, for a wedding, like and instead, of, but instead of dancing the the you know the funky chicken, you're all funking around on the floor with each other. If you'll pardon my non non swear word, but you know what word I'm wanting to use. Um, but that's almost what it feels like. It feels like a wedding where like the older relatives, like oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Oh, you used to do that all the time. Oh, I can't do that anymore. Okay, so the young people go on. They do it. Or at least they rub around a bit. And then that guy keeps standing on his head. Stop standing on your head. Yeah. Okay, so... um, and, and then the weirdest part is then it cuts to the band from the beginning, the band that sings the song, The Howling, and they're doing a tune. And at one point, the guy's got a microphone in one hand and something else in the other. I couldn't figure out what it is. It looked for a second like... It looked for a second like a large version of one of those vials that they collect blood in in the Iranian um, sci-fi, possibly horror movie, Invasion. If you've seen that, the, the, those strange containers that they are for for, for carrying the blood for the um, for the twins, uh, who may or may not be vampires. Uh, I've given too much away. I've ruined it. Take it back thirty seconds and and but um, that that's what it looked like to me. I thought, is that full of blood? And I thought, I guess it could be, right? Um, and uh, and the, and then it and then like two thirds of the way through the orgy, it cuts to a shot of like an audience raging around, like like up against something. And I thought, so wait a minute, is the orgy on a stage and the audience is there? But you never see the audience with, you never see the audience or the band with the orgiers or Sturba or uh, Sir Isaac Newton and friend, uh, Sir Isaac Newton and friend. Um, but you do um, so so I, I I don't. I don't fully get it. At, at first, I thought, oh, maybe they're saying something here. Maybe are they equating the people in the crowd with the werewolves in the orgy? And then I thought, no, because the people in the crowd are watching something happen. They may be raging along or something like that to the music, but really, they're just rocking out to the to the music that's playing. Maybe maybe get a little moshy. Um, which I suppose is is um, not just it's more participating, but but really the the brief shots they show of the crowd is just like a bunch of guys like yeah yeah kind of rocking, and it looks like maybe they are watching the orgy, but then when you don't see them in relation to the orgy, you think okay I guess they're watching the band, but then the ba- did they fly the band over from America probably just to eat them right or to drain their blood. But, but, but what's going on so that they intercutting the concert from the beginning and then you see the woman from the beginning who was at the concert who takes the people into the warehouse and kills them you think does that something to do with her or and, and I was like this must be like is this a this must be a metaphor or something like I said is it is it the crowd are no different from the werewolves and I thought well that doesn't make sense because the crowd are watching the werewolves so the crowd would be no different from Sir Isaac Newton and friend and what sort of metaphor is that that we're all seeking the you know the law of gravity and and um it's whoever is closer to the orgy is going to get a better whiff of it i don't i don't i don't know i don't know what that means we're all after some laws of science and physics and i don't i don't know but it does if my first one was oh it's a metaphor and then i thought for what for what the the crowd is watching the the crowd is watching the band sir isaac newton and friend and sturba are watching the orgy they're never shown to be mixing together the two sides and the band's just singing away in the crowd. And I thought, what, what? 
I mean, I mean, obviously, like Sturban, Sarizek, Newton, and Fred are getting worked up by what they're seeing. The crowd's getting worked up by what they're seeing on the stage. But so what? And so, I mean, so what? That doesn't. If that is a metaphor, it's. I mean, it's a big so what kind of metaphor. I mean, because you don't have to. You can keep the music playing. You don't have to intercut them. So they must have. They must have. I mean, it. It wasn't like the editor was cutting it and then said, "Oh my God, you got your rock scene in my orgy." No, you got your orgy in my rock scene. No, it was. It's just like you have to. That has to be a choice to put that in there. Why? It can't be a metaphor. It, and if it is a metaphor, what is it a metaphor for? Ah, oh, gosh. Now now I'm just, I just, I need time to think. Because if it's a metaphor for the crowd being like the werewolves in the orgy, then that doesn't work. Because one is participating and one is watching. If it's meant to be that the werewolves in the orgy are like the band, that doesn't really work because the band is getting paid to play in front of this audience whereas these werewolf people all live like in a commune in a castle together effing around you know and um that doesn't that doesn't work either and if and if that's really what it is saying then that's so like late 50s or i mean is this footloose you know well footloose was what the year before maybe this is meant to be something like that i don't know you know i've never seen footloose i've heard the soundtrack and and i know of it footloose is one of those 80 movies i have a child of the 80s uh, 7 to 17 um I'm a ch- but I've never seen Footloose and I've never seen Top Gun and I've never seen The Goonies. Um, I've seen Michael Crichton's Looker about ten times. And in fact, having said that, I want to see Michael Crichton's Looker again. I've seen High Point a dozen times. I own both of those on blue. Now, High Point actually I think was made in 79, forgive me. But no, I'm just naming random, you know. Um, you know, I watch probably each of the first eight Friday the 13th films once. I watch them probably once a year since about 1990. So I've seen each of the Friday the 13th films at least 30 times. Each of the first eight at least 30 times. Uh, the ninth one and and Freddy vs. Jason and Jason X and, and uh, the remake a lot less. I know I've said before the thing with the remake is the remake to me is just a pretty good Friday the 13th film that goes on too long goes on about 10 minutes too long luckily the 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 people running around being chased by jason in the end are like attractive actors and actresses that i like um uh but it still goes on too long anyway what was i saying oh um yeah if it's a metaphor for something uh, we're gonna need philippe morat to come in and explain or maybe gary bradder to explain because if they are saying like well the band is no different from the werewolves orgying you know maybe or the band makes these people orgy like werewolves it doesn't really matter there's a there's it doesn't it doesn't work it it doesn't work it it, it, it doesn't work and it, and it seems like a mistake, is what it seems like. So yeah, and they get up, and I guess I'm done with this minute, I've, been, I've talked way too much about these five minutes, haven't I? So yeah, and they get up at the end of it, and they go, and Scarlet uh, stands up, I'm uh, sorry, Sybil stands up, and, and, and tells them to um, attack, and they all begin changing, and rush out of the castle, and they're all lurking around as our guys are creeping around, and we've got about 20 minutes of the film left, folks, so I'm guessing we're storming the castle, so we're going to say, I have seen, yes, I've seen Princess Bride. Of course I have seen Princess Bride. It's a gorgeous movie. Uh, Rob Reiner's, what, first three or four movies are um, are are absolutely stellar. After that, he he gradually loses me, but you, you can't go wrong with the first one. Even the sure thing, right? The first four. Um, what was I talking about? Rob Reiner, When Harry Met Sally, Sybil, and... Hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, and there is there is that that moment again, and I would just say there is that moment again when Christopher Lee Stefan is showing all the weapons to Red Brown, and Red Brown's like, "Is there anything more practical?" At first, he shows him a huge knife, but then he shows him a rifle, and he takes the rifle. I don't know, like he takes the rifle, and says, "Let's go," and he leaves immediately. I thought, well, the other guys are still just sitting there. Give the guys a second to stand up and and grab the weapons, and maybe what if one of the guys has to go to the bathroom? I guess as they're all heading out, he could sneak in, take a little whiz waz, and and run it out. But then you might be afraid. You don't want a werewolf catching you. You don't want to get Knight of the Demon like that biker did, right? So. But I would have, it's funny, I would have loved it if Red Brown would have said, let's go. And he begins to swim out and then he stops and says, wait a minute, does anyone have to tinkle? And I'm sure one, pro- I would have probably said, you know what, let me just go. I don't want to be, I don't want us to start fighting werewolves. And all I'm thinking is, wow, I got to pee. That would be uh, the worst. You know what I mean, right? You know what I mean. I got to, I'm someone, once I have to pee, I got to pee. And I do it and I'm more comfortable. You know, I don't know if that's an old guy. You know, when I was a kid, I'm sure I loved sitting around and just holding it in for hours. Where am I now? Where, what's going on? We're going to Howling New Moon Rising. So when we left Howling New Moon Rising, uh, we had had a bunch of Howling Original Nightmare stuff. And we were, we were officially on fire. No, we were, we were sitting around the campfire. Prescription beer was playing and is about to be a big revelation of sorts listen to this new moon rising new moon rising new moon rising new moon rising well this took a turn possibly a confusing one uh, if you've watched the five minutes, you, you'll be as astounded as me for a film that hasn't really done anything for 65 minutes. Suddenly a lot happens in this five minutes. What happens? It starts off with the end of the prescription beer song. And then we see what's his name, who's married to Jacqueline, the, the, the blonde with the big hair and the big shirts. Um, uh, they, uh, Ted Ted Smith is at the bar and makes a joke about her, um, her uh, uh, him wearing her shirt and he leaves and then he's grabbing beers and doing something or other then it cuts to Jaro and the lady who likes Ted and Jaro mumbles something and George Jones is at the end of it and uh, she says like he's going to convert the world and you see like um, you see briefly you see a case in the ground which I, I imagine I thought was his like tape case or something but she picks up his coat and starts going through the pockets and then you cut back to Ted inside and you hear Ted talking and it's a tape presumably from his pockets and it's playing on a boombox and it's saying about and it's basically saying that all the people in this town are losers and drifters uh, uh, you know with all all the secrets to hide and I feel comfortable here you know because we hide our secrets and basically sort of denigrating them but also saying it's a nice place to hide and um, he comes out, apologizes for that, takes his tape and leaves. Then it cuts to the woman with the mohawk and a um, sheriff or sheriff deputy or something like that stepping out of one of the cabins. Are you going to keep him locked up? Do you think he's the killer? Are you going to keep him locked up until the inspector shows up from L.A.? Do you think he's the killer? You're going to find out. And then this, this cop goes, arrest Ted, takes him to a warehouse, starts to try to question him, uh, questions him about the killing. He says, it's weird, he says that killing from last night, you got in a fight with this guy last night. I thought, was that last night? I thought that was like two nights ago or something. Wasn't that, 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 that wasn't the killing like two nights ago? And like last night he spent the night with the lady? Wasn't, wasn't that, it wasn't two nights ago because he, he, 
he got in the fight with that guy, the guy got killed. Then there's all the stuff with Harriet and hiding the clothes and finding the body and stuff like that. And then there was the stuff with him dancing with the gal who likes him. And then, Teddy, you coming to, you coming back to the cabin? No, he's he's staying here or something like that. It's implied that he stays like that. But that's the next day. That's the next day. And I'm fairly certain there's enough like flashback stuff to other Howling movies and shenanigans to go along. This is like two nights later, not last night. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't, doesn't make sense. And then what ends up happening is, yeah, Ted doesn't know that this guy got killed. And then Ted ends up beating up the cop. And um, at the end of the minute, we have uh, at the end of the minute we have the cop in the warehouse pulling his gun, saying, "You're an army boy." Looking around, something sinister is apparently about to happen. But right before that, we get this odd shot where the I think it's the the chief, the the police chief, uh, who we've been following throughout the movie, talking to the the, the priest. His car sort of pulls up to the front of Harriet and Pappy's place and you think that he is going to um, stop but then it kind of moves forward a bit and then suddenly I thought oh my god his car's rolling but then he just keeps on driving alongside the building or parallel to the building and I thought what was that shot for did we need that shot <laughs> what was the point of that shot I guess I guess because what happens is Ted kicks the guy you're effing done kicks him in the face and he's back and Ted says something to him and then Ted walks away and then it cuts to that shot with the car and then it cuts back to the cop getting up a moment you know apparently a few moments later with his gun so I guess they included that maybe they didn't I mean all I can think of is they watched Ted kick the guy say something to begin to walk away and then they didn't have anything else in between that and the moment when the cop gets up so they inserted that shot to kind of show a passing of time even though the shot doesn't really make sense and is a filler shot in a movie which some would say has been almost all filler up to this point you could ask the question um, how did it go from uh, what? what is the point of Ted I mean, I guess I guess the point of of them playing the tape is that I mean, Ted. How long has Ted been there? I mean, the implication sometimes is that it feels like he's been there for weeks, but really, I think he's only been there for a couple days, right? Because they're still the cop and the sheriff are still getting stories and telling stories related to the um uh the the all the werewolf movies, and that can't go on for weeks. So it might just be a few days, but it's it, it's kind of implied that Ted has been here for longer than that. It's really tough to gauge the time, and the fact that he's saying the killing last night when I think it was two nights ago is, is making it even more confusing to figure out what the heck is going on. But I mean, let's not let's not forget how odd it is to have that moment where he walks away with his coat and the tape, and you think, oh, he's going to be leaving, and then it cuts to that woman and the cop stepping out uh, awkwardly, stepping out of a cabin or whatever shutting the door behind them and then it cuts to a longer shot of the two of them standing there and then they have that talk about you're going to keep him prisoner until the inspector shows up from LA do you think he's the killer blah 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 and you think okay they locked someone in there and then it cuts to Ted in the bed and they think oh that's Ted's cabin but then the cop knocks on the door it's like no that's not Ted's cabin so who what why were they stepping out of that one cabin talking about are you going to keep him locked up that that's just confusing because when they do that you think someone is locked in there and he's keeping him locked up. But then when he, he gets Ted, you think, oh, okay, she meant, are you going to get him locked up? Would you go and get him? And then he won't tell Ted what's going on. And how does it go from, I mean, the link between he said some stuff which may or may not be about these people and they take it to be about them. 
um, to being arrested for the killing. How, how does that? That's literally one scene to the. That's literally one scene to the next with that brief, confusing scene in between with the mullet lady asking confusing questions. So how does it go from one to the? My first thought was that they were arresting him for that tape. Maybe they have some sort of vigilante citizens arrest. You don't say bad things about the citizens. I don't know, but it's it's a weird, it's a weird cut because you don't. There's no. I mean, the only evidence they have are the so that they have the clothes with the blood on them, and the card they found from the guy. Um, but you don't take the haul the guy down to a warehouse and beat him with a stick. For that, you 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 to ask him a few questions. You just say, "What is this? What is that?" You wouldn't. I I don't. It's it's weird because the implication first off is that this is happening to Ted because possibly because of that tape and because of what he said about the people. But then you think that can't be right. And then when it turns out to be about the killing that took place whenever it took place, you think, how did this cop get to there? And is he? I mean, all I all I can think of is that the cop was maybe there, maybe in the crowd, maybe having a drink, and the lady with the mullet seduced him. And after the seduction, she said these things about Ted, and he said, baby, for you and your sweet, sweet, greasy mullet, I will do whatever you want. And then he goes to arrest Ted and do something, and that's why he takes him to the warehouse, because it's not official. That's the only thing I can think of that's happening. Somehow she seduced him, but that scene, you know, never, we, that's in the novelization. Yeah, some, or, or they're friends. It doesn't. It doesn't imply that they're they're close friends. In the scene, she doesn't call them brothers. They're, they're not brother and sister. They're not pals. They don't say each other's names. But the thing is, they step out of that cabin. And you think, who, why are they stepping out of a cabin? Why not like? Um, it, do, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Doesn't make sense. I mean, there. There is. There is in between when Ted leaves with the tape in his coat and the beginning of the next scene. There is something missing that would make it make sense. Now, at the end of the day, it makes sense. Somehow, this cop is put on to the fact that this. There was. There, I mean, the thing is, they're covering up the killing. That's one of the things too. They were covering up the killing, so that meant mullet lady had to go out of her way. I. I think. I mean, the more you think about it, is maybe it's like they were covering up the killing. There was some implication that it might be Ted. They heard that tape from Ted, and Mullet Lady and maybe somebody else got so pissed at Ted that they brought in this cop, maybe gave him a little slap and tickle, and said, "Go arrest Ted and question him in your own special way." Maybe he, they knew he was kind of a crooked cop or something like that. I don't know. You know, this is this is as confusing as what was the metaphor in the Five Minutes of Howling Two. This is confusing because how did we go from this scene, which is about a completely different thing? That, that, that scene is about the people at Pioneer Town. I mean, there have been two threads going through the movie. The werewolf movie and the people at Pioneer Town. They haven't <coughs> really met up that much apart from the killing and the brief scenes there. But most of the time, they're completely separate. And the scene we have with Ted... Uh, the scene we have here with Ted and the sheriff guy, the cop guy, is is kind of separate from... is very separate from the the scene with the tape being played unless the tape being played is the catalyst for them to get the cop on to Ted I guess um, it's not said that that's what it is maybe that would be said in a later minute I honestly don't remember but we'll find out when we find out so uh, let me wrap it up I could go on about this this forever is a fascinating batch of five minutes so we left off with the cop possibly by himself in the warehouse something creepy about to happen maybe and we left howling too with a bunch of werewolves about to attack the gang as they're approaching the castle so um, be good to yourselves and listen to this.